We are turning the tables now, uh, having someone that has me on his program all the time. He's now joining Hunkering Down with Peter Schorsch. Ryan Gorman, how are you? Good. How does this work? Do I get to ask you questions or you're going to ask me questions this time? I get to ask you questions and we get to talk a little <laughs> bit about who you are. Um, I'm going to introduce you and uh-huh. say I've known you now for a couple of years. And I will say I think you have carved out such a great, great presence in Florida politics in terms of your radio show. I don't know what the audience size is. Maybe it's only me listening. I don't think it is. <laughs> um, but you have become the go-to radio show for so many people in the political process. Your um, the, the show's list of who you get on is, it's not only statewide, there's a lot of national heavy hitters that you get, but you also, you know, I think you just had on Jeanette Nunez before, you always get on the AG, you always get the A-list uh, Florida politicos. And so, um, you know, I, uh, it's, it's cool to be a part of it when you have me on. I think you've done a great job uh, creating something uh, with your program. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun uh, building that show up from the ground up. And, you know, there's no shortage of things to talk about these days. So the content, it just keeps coming. I mean, 2020, we knew 2020 was going to be crazy, but who knew it was going to get like this? Well, and that's what, you know, every time that you ask me to come on, I come on, I'm almost like out of breath because, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's only increased, you know, like from when we started talking, which was really the 2018 campaign till now, um, it's, you know, I, there's supposed to be an ebb and a flow to this. And for the people that have worked in politics, now I've worked in it for 20 years, um, you know, this, there's supposed to be an off season. It's not, it's supposed to be like being a tax accountant where you have a, a very busy period and then you have a very off period. And that just is not the case anymore for Florida politics. And the people I know, like, you know, the, the generation right before me, you know, summer of an odd year, you know, they were, they were vacationing, they were working on their hobbies. There was the struggle. Like I was, you know, like my first boss has told me, Hey, it's October of the even year. You're making a lot of money right now. There's going to be no money come April of the odd year. You better save your money because it's going to be another year before all the clients come back and start signing up. And I, I was taught to squirrel away money in October and November off of the fees that we made uh, to get us through it. And, and it's not that it's overwhelming now, but that just isn't the case because it's so busy now. It is. And, you know, on my show, we try to do a couple of different things. We try to do not just state and and local news, but also national news. So when you're adding in, you know, the Trump effect on top of everything that we have going on in Florida and in the Tampa Bay area, uh, you know, it, sometimes some days it's really difficult to figure out, well, what do we want to talk about? Because it's all important and it's all interesting. And we got to start, you know, weeding through all the content and figure out, uh, what our audience would like to hear about. It's, it's, I don't know, we're living in one hell of a time right now. Well, and you bring up another interesting aspect to our, our business. Florida is national and national runs through Florida in a different yeah. way than, I don't know, Louisiana. I mean, you could be the top radio guy in Louisiana and I could be the top blogger in Louisiana and the national politics would not be 
so present in our jobs where it is where you've got a Matt Gates, you've got DeSantis basically making his decisions about how to respond to a pandemic after checking in with the White House. Um, you know, it, it's you've got a you're playing three dimensional chess, uh, even the even the local races. I mean, we saw this with Baker versus Christman. Um, that ended up getting shaped by Trump versus Democrats. And that became right. somehow a, a, a proxy fight for that issue. Well, and you see Nikki Freed, you see Jane Castor, they're all getting national attention right now, along with obviously the governor. Yeah, it's interesting. That's It's been interesting to see Jane um, get, fi- not finally, because she's only been in office for a little while, but she, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go at it from a different way. So everybody has just been assuming it was Ron DeSantis um, by default running for an easy re-election in 2022. And I know nobody wants to talk about politics right now, and I get that, et cetera. But when we get on the other side of this in six months or a year or whatever, everything we will have been assuming, as is so often the case in Florida politics, that's out the window. I mean, if I told you right now, Ron DeSantis doesn't run for re-election in 2022 because he was so beaten down by the pandemic, you know, that it's six months of this, that it's just one shit sandwich after another. And he decides, hey, I just don't want to be governor anymore. I don't want to deal with recession Florida. That that that's a there's a 20 percent chance of that happening now. Um and- Possible. Any, I mean, if we haven't learned by now that anything's possible after Donald Trump becoming elected president and then this pandemic, what we're seeing, something we've never seen in modern times before. Look, you're not paying attention if you don't think anything is possible at this point. OK, let's. Um, so this is kind of like a, a coronavirus centric podcast. I'm just trying to basically I'm just letting people hear from people that they that they're they they're so often interacting with and now that they don't get to see them um i wanted it to be just kind of a a communal i'm I'm doing it also for myself i wanted to talk to people who i don't get to talk to right now or see because um you know we're on lockdown here um just tell the audience basically what's your gig what are you doing tell us about your show give them a little thumbnail on who you are so my show is PM Tampa Bay and it runs from 6 to 9 p.m. on News Radio WFLA in Tampa. And then also certain parts of it, the more national parts that we do, that runs on Wonk FM on our Washington, D.C. affiliate. And then I host uh, national news specials for our iHeartRadio affiliates, all our news talks. And right now, the coronavirus special that I put together each week, it's 30 minute special called Coronavirus Explained. Uh, that runs on literally every single English-speaking iHeartRadio station that we own. So that's heard all across the country. So that's really what I do. And usually, obviously, I do it from the studio uh, on Gandhi in Tampa. Now I'm doing it from my dining room. And I got to tell you, I may never go back to the studio. I love this setup. This is fantastic. <laughs> I've got everything I need. I can record interviews whenever I want. Uh, you know, I don't have to go travel back and forth. I, you got With all the technology, I could see... Uh, you know, Felix back at the studio or Morgan back at the studio, whoever it's, it's fantastic. This is, uh, it's like, I got to tell you, I've been 
if there was one person that could handle the whole social distancing and self-isolation thing, it was me. I've been preparing for this my whole life. And and I'm offering tips to people. I'm like the Dr. Fauci of <laughs> social distancing and self-isolation. So I am adjusting very, very well to this new normal. Obviously, it's a horrible circumstance that we're in. Uh, but I know some people, they're like stir crazy and they can't stay home. They're running to the grocery store every five seconds, even though they don't need anything. I'm I'm perfectly fine. I, I can hunker down and hang out by myself with my dog doing my thing. And I don't miss a beat. You know, I've that you would be surprised, but that has been one of the consistent things that I've heard through these hunkering down podcasts. Um, I just had on Max Stepanovich, who's like a really good friend. Um, and he was basically saying, I'm a, you know, extroverted introvert that, you know, if I didn't have to go and do the political dinner circuit, I wouldn't. Um, and I think that that's, like, that's how I am. I would never leave this house. I mean, I I love having this stuff come in. And it is it is easier working from this great setup that I've got here rather than having to deal with traffic or whatever else people have to deal yeah. with. Um, I say all that, though, to set you up and say, you know, I read a New York Times article today talking about how this coronavirus situation it real it has really exposed the inequality in this country in the way that we are able to react to it. You and I and and Mac, we're here in our house. We're able to get Amazon deliveries. Uber Eats is coming, but you know, on the other side of it are a lot of people, and they are getting sicker um, more often. Are people that are still having to work? Yeah, basically very tough jobs or. You know, um, again, Amazon delivery services are there. You know, they're uh, the construction guys. I look outside my window, uh, four houses down. Those guys are out there right now working on on a house that's, uh, you know, coming on spec. So, you know, it that's man, I'm just waiting for that to. Uh, for them to for the pitchforks, I really am. Uh, well, I've been talking about that. Look, you know, you know where I've stood on this issue. I've been talking about this coronavirus since the end of January, and I've been shouting from the rooftops about uh, the need to start preparing for this since February on my show. And I was called a fear monger, and you're so negative, and all that nonsense. And unfortunately, everything that I said was going to happen has come true so far. And I was out in front on closing down the restaurants and bars in the state. I was out in front on closing down the beaches. I was hammering our public officials. You guys got to take action. And then I wanted the statewide order. DeSantis took forever to get that done here in Florida. I was hammering him every day. Now you've got this mess with the unemployment system in the state of Florida at a time when people are desperate for help. They're getting nothing but aggravation. And the the latest uh, rant that I've been going on are the stores. You know, you go into a Publix or you go into a Walmart. Now, some of them are starting to take some legitimate measures with the uh, maximum capacity restrictions. And Target, I know, is finally starting to give their employees masks and, and gloves and things like that. But, you know, Publix puts up these little partitions that really don't they don't protect the baggers at all. These people are making like, you know, 10 bucks an hour and they're risking their lives uh, it's 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 a joke. And the companies have been late to respond, late to take care of their employees. And they're doing well right now. They're not struggling like a lot of small businesses or other corporations. I mean, they're doing really well. They're selling out uh, all their products because everybody that's all anybody can do is go to the grocery store and buy stuff for at home. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, look, I think you're going to see more and more of those workers get sick. I think 
hopefully, if there's one positive that comes out of this, maybe they'll have a little bit more power and they'll actually get taken care of like they should have been taken care of already following the fact they risked their lives uh, day in and day out to, you know, bag paper towels and toilet paper. Go back to your first part, which I totally give you credit because I think you and I were right there. We were using our platforms to say, shut it down. And um, I know... I took, I took a bunch of shit and I still get, I mean, I think you saw my interactions. I had the speaker of the house, you know, basically coming at me. Um, and I have, you know, I had other, not, it, not nothing negative. It's not like I was losing anything, but they were pulling that whole, um, you know, the cure is worse than the virus. And, uh, it's such a nonsense, such a joke. And I've been getting into it with that dopey performative pastor here in the Tampa Bay area and his minions, on social media, he was putting people's <laughs> lives. Thank God he got arrested and that whole thing got shut down. What a joke. Uh, you know, some of the, some of what I've seen, really concerning. And, you know, I think we've talked about this before. I brought this up on my show a number of times, including to some guests that I've had on. And and I always wondered, you know, obviously you, you would hope this would never happen. But what if we had a 9-11 type event today? Like, would we rally around the, you know, the flag and be as patriotic and as unified as we were right after 9-11, because that was a time like no other. I mean, you know, there were flags everywhere. Everybody was uh, on the same page. And and I always felt like probably not. It's just a different time. Social media, the polarization, tribalism, it's probably not going to roll that way. And and unfortunately, I think I was right on that because we really haven't seen that that unified approach. I mean, there are some nice stories uh, but for the most part, you've got, you know, the cure is worse than the problem nonsense. You know, you've got people downplaying it. It's like the flu, uh, just a bunch of uh, bullshit, to be honest with you. Uh, so it's unfortunate that's the case. But look, we also haven't reached the critical stage yet. I mean, it's only going to get worse. This isn't going to ease up and we don't know how long it's going to go on for. Uh, so maybe, you know, there will be some time for us to kind of bring it together a little bit and everybody could realize the severity of what we're dealing with. They, um, I think it's going to be very tough for people like yourself, like myself in the media over the next month to keep it all together because like, you know, you see the numbers now, 27 people overnight and then another yeah. 20 people. I mean, so 50 people have died and that is only going to increase as the slope moves upwards into May. And, you know, it's like, I find myself quite honestly, there's been a couple of times where I break down, you know, where I see, you know, this isn't just, these are people. I mean, you're, you're starting to see like um, young people die from this and friends and celebrities. I mean, this isn't just end of life people that are, you know, they, he was 93 and he died from pneumonia. Okay. Well that he lived a good life. No, this is somebody who's 36 and um, you know, their lungs just couldn't take it. Um, I want to switch. Yeah. And that's why, that's why when these, uh, and I love the fact that I can curse on this podcast. That's why when these (laughs) assholes, when they when they go and say, you know, the, the cure is worse than the problem. Let's just send everybody back to work. And, you know, I've, my mom works uh, in a pharmacy. She's a tech dealing with the public. You know, she's if she were to get coronavirus, I don't know that she would be able to survive it. Like, shut the hell up and, you know, get on the same page. Practice, just here's the deal. It's short term pain. And yes, it's a lot of pain right now in this country. But. It's a long-term gain if we do things right. If we don't do things right, this is just going to drag out. And I think one of the most 
eye-opening things over the past couple of days has been uh, has been Singapore. They did things the right way with the testing and tracing and all that kind of stuff, and now they are shutting down for a month. I thought the eye-opening one along those same lines was I read on Friday Hong Kong was shutting down because they feared a, quote, second wave. And yeah. I just, yep. like, I, I keep telling people, like, you know, it isn't about, you know, I look out here, I live on the, if I look over to my left, it's the sandbar right behind Gandhi and everything like that. I saw all those people out there last week and they're like, oh, you know what? We're not, we're, we're healthy. And I'm like, you don't even know if you have it in you. And then you no. take it back and you, you go to wherever you're going. That's how this thing kills everybody. Um, right. By all means, uh, Ron DeSantis, just, you know, let, let people pack the churches on Easter Sunday. Idiot. I, 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 I am that decision. Boy, let's talk about that. So DeSantis right now, I mean, we've been pretty favorable to him. I mean, over the last, since he got elected, I mean, we've been more than fair. Um, yeah. And that's why when I get some of the callers, sometimes they'll call up, you're only, you're only attacking Republicans. I'm like, give me one example of when I've attacked Ron DeSantis during the, his first two years in office. I've been very I, complimentary. He's done a, a solid job, but on this, it's a disaster. It is a disaster, isn't it? I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm close to that administration and I, I hate calling out my friends here, but it's nothing short of a disaster at this point, isn't it? And this is when you can't afford to be a disaster. This, it, you know, all the stuff that he did over the first two years, that's great. And, and some of it's going to help a lot of people here in Florida. But this is when you have to show leadership. And all he's done is kind of pass the buck. And and that the whole idea of, well, we don't want to step on the local governments and local municipalities. You know better than anybody. In Tallahassee, usually they don't have much of a problem stepping on local governments and municipalities. All of a sudden now we want to just let the local officials handle everything in the middle of a pandemic when you really need everybody on the same page. We didn't trust those people with whether or not they could uh, regulate Airbnb or Uber or mm -hmm. sunscreen. But now we're going to trust them. Funny how that so did you have a background in politics beforehand? I mean, I we just kind of you and I just kind of hit the ground running. And so I never got to really go into too much like yeah. that first time I came over to your studio. We didn't even get to talk that much. Um, what was your background? Well, I, I went to USF and I wasn't really I didn't grow up in a political family, you know, a regular middle class family. My dad worked at the power plant up in Crystal River and and uh on 9-11, that kind of changed everything for me. I had just started my first semester as a freshman at USF, and and all of a sudden, I just became engrossed in the news, you know, and that, that was how 9-11 changed me. And so I, I changed my major from mass communications to political science and history, and I did a radio show there and a couple other ones, and I did a talk show while I was in Connecticut a little bit, but I was mostly on the music side of the radio business uh, for my entire career. And then after doing a couple of years in Chicago, you know, uh, major market, afternoon drive, like it's what most radio personalities would dream of. I just got bored and I wanted to, to do something meaningful and, and get back into politics and news and that kind of stuff. And, and so I moved back to my hometown here in Tampa Bay and, 
and weaseled my way back into iHeartRadio and they eventually gave me, you know, my own show. I, I did some fill-in work for Jack in the morning show for a little while and some stuff for Miami and other stations and and they gave me my own show and I've just, you know, taken it and run with it. So I don't have any like formal, I've never worked for a campaign. I've never, you know, run for office, nothing like that. Uh, and, and that's what I think you get when you listen to my show. I'm not I'm not somebody who's, you know, an insider. That's why I have people like you on who know all how this stuff works and can explain it to the audience. I just come at it from a common sense perspective and I'm an independent. It's much different. You're not going to hear the same thing you heard on Rush or Hannity or, you know, any of those shows. So it's much different. But uh, luckily, the audience, they, they seem to like it. The numbers are through the roof. They're way up. And, you know, hey, fingers crossed it stays that way. Um. Why, what do you hope to accomplish with your radio show? Like, I I know that I know, like I am trying to influence insiders and the people that are political junkies. You're a, you have to appeal to a much larger audience, correct? I mean, so. Yeah. I I don't try to appeal to anybody necessarily. I look, I could be wrong. Although so far with the success of the show, I don't think I am. I, think there are a lot of people in this country. They're not necessary. They may lean one way or they may technically vote one way usually, but they're a little bit more open-minded and they're a little bit more common sense. They're not quite as ideological as you see uh, in the state legislature or in Congress. And so for me, it's giving them a voice and then trying to cut through some of the bullshit that you typically see on whether it's cable news or you hear on talk radio, just this nonsense uh, where people have agendas. Like, I, I got to be honest with you, I don't. You know, I tell people when they when they criticize me for criticizing the president, I'm like, look, if he does something right, I'll, I'll say it. I don't I don't care if he does something bad. I'm going to say it. It doesn't you know, I'm independent. I don't have any like Hannity has to carry water for the president. That's what he does. That's like his job. Yeah, that's not my job. I can say whatever I want. And that's what I'm going to do. And so so it's really just kind of being a different voice out there. So people get a little bit of a different perspective and also trying to I try to break down issues. And that's why I have like you on every week, because I like to take people behind the curtain and and uh, let them know how things work behind the scenes. All right. So let me uh, ask you the questions I've been asking other people. Uh, What was your last normal day like? Do you remember it? My last normal day, um, you know, that's a really good question. Uh, I would probably have to say Friday. I can't remember the date. Let me see here. It was it was like a, a week or so ago. So on my show, it's no secret I talked about it. Friday, the March 27th was probably the last normal day because, uh, look, everybody's taking a hit right now all different companies, all different sectors of the economy and radio is no different. So my producer and you hear on the show with me all the time, my sidekick, uh, Morgan, she was furloughed. And I, I think that happened on, on Monday. So I, I would say the last Friday where I had her was kind of the most normal day because, you know, despite everything going on, I was still going in and doing the same type of show. And, and now it's, it's, it feels like something's missing. Oh, that's, it's it's uh, it's so horrible what is happening to local journalism. You and I have a lot of friends ah. who have been just just sacked. And I don't know that there's like I don't know if there's a way back even when this gets done. I don't know that there that those jobs 
comeback. Um, well, you know, I'm going to be fighting and scratching and clawing to make sure Morgan comes back. But I think you're right. A lot of these jobs, they're, they're not going to come back. Um, when did coronavirus get real for you? Uh, I know that you've been talking about it as long as I have and longer than others. But when yeah. did when did you read something that said, wait a second, that shit over in Wuhan, that ain't no joke. You know, it's interesting because I actually went back and listened to some of our first segments where me and Morgan were talking about uh, the coronavirus over in China. And, you know, originally we didn't know what the hell it was. We're talking about the dopey masks that people are wearing. You know, they got like watermelon they're covering their mouth with or they got a big water jug over their head. And that's how they're trying to protect themselves. And, you know, we're joking about it. And it was it was in early February when, you know, the, the death toll started to rise and I said to myself, I'm like, they don't have this thing under control. It's going to come here. And that's when I started to get uh, concerned about it. And that's when I started to change my tone a bit on the show and say, you know, this is no joke. We need to be paying attention to what's going on over there, because if it comes here, you know, China is able to do things because of their authoritarian government that we're not we don't do here. So it's going to be a much different task, a much bigger undertaking to get it under control in the United States. And that's when I started to really uh, get worried. Plus, you know, I'm lucky. I, I'm able to have all these different experts on the show. Uh, you know, that's one of the great benefits yeah. of the job. Talk to these, you know, brilliant people. Uh, I don't know why they come on my dopey show, but they're just brilliant, you know, people who know this kind of epidemiologists and virologists and scientists. I've actually been and, kind of surprised at the level. I mean, no offense, but like you'll have some serious scientific oh, yeah. people on there I know. and I'm like don't they like I think I would figure they have like lab work to do it's not that they're not yeah. but it's they're, amazing. They're, they're breaking off I've seen that and I'm sitting I'm sitting there before the interview trying to I'm going over you know making sure I, I know what I want to ask them and stuff because I, I feel like I'm getting graded you know what I mean I feel like there's going to be a report afterwards where they're going to say hey you got a C plus you ask stupid questions um so you know, having all those people on, they were really concerned about it. And that's what made me concerned. Um, this is our fun little question is, how are you getting by hunkering down? What are you watching or reading or playing or what have you? Uh, you know, everybody was in the Tiger King uh, about a week ago that this podcast somehow turned into basically it had nothing to do with coronavirus anymore. It was all about Tiger King. Um, and so now that's moved on. Um, a little bit, or I at least it's I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Like, I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm the type, this is what's so frustrating to me. This is, I'm gonna be a little selfish for a second. This is what's <laughs> frustrating. I can handle self-isolation so well. Like, if I had nothing to do for the next three months, I'd be perfectly fine. I could easily do it. And yet, I haven't been able to just relax. Like, there's so much work yeah, these days. It's consuming me all day and all night. And even if I'm not doing a radio show or doing an interview or something like that or, or uh, tweeting or Facebooking, you know, I'm reading. I'm trying to make sure I know what the hell I'm talking about. I Believe it or not, I'm one of those uh, – I'm one of the rare talk show hosts that actually wants to get it right when they're on the radio and not just bullshit people. So I haven't had time to just relax and chill a Better Call Saul I'm watching still, and and Homeland's actually been really good this this season. I think Homeland's it, been pretty good. Is it the last season of Homeland, too? Yeah, it's the last season, I'm and they, they really, they're, they're doing a pretty good job with it. So those are really the only two shows I've been able to spend any time watching. Uh, and Tiger King, I, I haven't gotten around to it yet, and I almost feel like I've missed it. 
You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like it's over. I feel like everybody's seen it and all the jokes have been made. I don't even know if there's a point watching it. I I, I am the, in the same boat as you where, you know, I get up so early to do sunburn and to finish it off. And then, you know, we are. I got to tell you, I'm so proud of our team, like the reporters that have worked for us. Our traffic oh, was fantastic. It's it, it literally was three and a half times what it was um, at our busiest month ever. So I think our busiest month was the it, believe it or not, we're actually busier during a primary than the general election because there's so many more races that we're following at the primary level. Um, and so I think uh what is it either you august guys it, you guys have been on it every step of the way even the column that i wrote where i was critical of desantis you guys managed to find like the perfect picture of the governor to fit the tone and mood of that column it was excellent well we've had the team has been amazing and yet i've had to, i have to keep going to them i have to keep going to them and saying hey i i really need some of you to work the weekend again um and so if they're working i'm gonna work I mean, I just yeah. can't not do that. And so I end up, I just, I tell Michelle, I'm like, I know we have all this time to do stuff right now, but I am working more than I've ever worked. Uh, plus it's my small like, business. You have a kid too. What is that like? What is it like to, I mean, you got no break, do you? You're, you're doing double duty. We've got, and we genuinely, and this is like the biggest knock on wood. We just have probably one of the better children out in the world. Oh, She's just, God. She is both um, a self-starter and yet she wants to be with us so she can go to her is room. She old enough, is she old enough to do the home? Do you have to do the homeschooling? Yes. Yeah. She's doing, oh. she's on Zoom with her classmates and we've had to relax some of our um, inhibitions about screen time and things like that. Um, yeah. You know, her activity is horseback riding. So we're able to still do that. Like you have to be able to take care of your pet. We own a horse. So we're able to basically go to the stable still. And so, um, you know, I see some of the kids, you know, their sport is gymnastics and that's shut down right now. Um, so, um, all right, man. Well, this, uh, this went about only about twice as long as I expected. I don't have (laughs) the limits that you have. Uh, I feel, I love doing the morning hits with you guys. Hey Peter, how's it going out there? Oh, it's great. There's a special. Well, that was great. Peter Schwartz was yeah, on. <laughs> All fun. nine words. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go get traffic now. So, all right, man, I appreciate you coming on and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, take care.